story of Pinocchio is an old one. Okay, I mean, I guess old in terms of uh, me being born in the 80s. Pinocchio was the second film that Disney Studios produced, a full-length animated film anyway, back in 1940. And uh, it came after on the heels of Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. It was based upon a novel about the adventures of, of Pinocchio. And the film itself, to me, having watched it back when I was a, a little kid, versus now as an adult, uh, there's a lot of things that have changed my perspective, if you will. I mean, my kids are now watching a lot of older uh, you know, animated movies, uh, and it's kind of reopening me to what did this film mean to me when I, was a, when I was a kid, and what does it mean to me now? And one of the things that's very true about Pinocchio is that it really is this film with tons of ethical and moral dilemmas in it, and lots of you know, sort of coming of age, you know, do the right thing sort of story uh, narrative that's in it. So it's a great tool for you know teaching lessons. If you were to sit down with with a young person and say, "Hey, let's watch this movie. Tell me what you learned from it." Pinocchio is is a pretty good uh, litmus test, if you will. It, it's a it's a good film to sit down and, and talk about those things. And many uh, psychologists and I think storytellers alike have analyzed this story before. And said, well, yeah, there's there's a lot of good stuff. The, the the film, the story, it's rich with morals and principles and ethics that you would want to emulate, uh, having learned the hard way through the eyes of Pinocchio. So I think most people who are listening to this episode are going to say, okay, I, I know the story of Pinocchio, and I've probably heard uh, a lot of you know analysis on this particular movie, uh, you know, analysis around you know doing the right thing going and saving your father from the belly of the beast, Geppetto, uh, understanding that, you know, you can make a wish, but you still have to, to live it out if you're ever going to achieve your wildest dreams, things like that. Yes, that's all well and good, but, but I recently watched this film with a new set of eyes, and, uh, and I want to kind of build up to it first before I, I really get into the kind of the crux of this episode here and this analysis of this, uh, of this film is that you know that in the story of Pinocchio, Geppetto is this lonely bachelor, okay? He's this guy, he has no wife, no family. He's got like a cat and a goldfish, and then Jiminy Cricket comes along at one point. But he builds this marionette, names it Pinocchio, and then he makes a wish upon a star, right? And this blue fairy shows up, turns Pinocchio into at least uh, an animated uh, marionette that doesn't need strings to hold him up he can at least interact with people as though he is a person, but he's kind of got this eyes wide open, wet behind the ears, uh, you know, innocence about him, right? That's who Pinocchio is. You know, he's a little bit bigger than a toddler, I'd say, when he first comes into the world. And Geppetto's just you know, over the moon. He can't believe this, et cetera. But he wants to send Pinocchio off to school, you know, gives him an apple, says, hey, you know, this is the, you know, this is you. You're going to go off and do these great things. And so Pinocchio wants to make his, his father happy. Right, he wants to do these things. Well, of course, throughout the you know the story, you know he gets conned, he gets uh, taken off to become uh, this marionette for this guy named Stromboli, who's just going to make all this money off of him. And then he gets stuck in a uh, a prison, and then you know he starts telling a lie, and his nose grows, but he still gets set free anyway because he apologizes. And then after that, he he runs away, and he ends up getting taken to this place called Pleasure Island, where. You know, the boys in probably one of the most terrifying scenes I've ever seen in my life as a young person. These boys who are all taken to this pleasure island and they get to drink and smoke and, 
you know, you know, you know, bend the rules. There's no authority around. They actually end up turning into donkeys. They essentially make asses of themselves, literally. And then this this guy, uh, I can't remember. I think he's like called the ringmaster or something. I can't really remember his name. He takes these donkeys and he he sells them for you know labor in mines and uh, you know overseas or whatever they are. And the donkeys lose their sense of who they are. They have no clue. Or they might have a clue who they are uh, because there's that one really jarring scene. There's that one really jarring scene where they're throwing the donkeys into the boat and or they're throwing them onto the train or whatever it is. And they're saying, say your name. And they're like whipping them. And, and the one goes, and they throw them in. But then this other one comes up and says, you know, my name is, you know, whatever it was. And they go, this one can talk. He's no good. Take him back. And he goes, please, sir, I want to see my... You know, I want to see my mother, and he's with these other donkeys that can still speak and all this kind of stuff. And and he goes, you know, quiet. You know, you had your fun. Now pay for it. You know, that's pretty much what he says. And it's just this really haunting scene because these boys are being stolen from their families. Now, granted, they made the decision to go to Pleasure Island, but they're being stolen. I mean, they're really being kidnapped, if you will, and they're unrecognizable. So Pinocchio barely gets out of there. He realizes what's happening. He runs out of this this situation, flees the danger at hand. He turns into kind of a half donkey. He's still got the, the tail on him. And he's got sort of the ears, but he gets out of there before it's too late. Well, he gets home, finds out Geppetto is went looking for him like any good father would. He went go looking for Pinocchio. Then he gets swallowed up by a giant whale and a monstro. So Pinocchio goes looking for monstro. He gets swallowed. They're stuck in the belly of the whale. They decide to get out of there. They, they make a, a fire. Uh, that, you know, Monstro sneezes and then Monstro tries to eat him again and, they, you know, they survive. And But there's this very sort of eerie scene where Pinocchio is lying face down in the water and he, uh, uh, we are, or rather we are given the impression that he's he could be dead. And, you know, Geppetto takes him home and, uh, you know, thankfully the Blue Fairy shows up again and says, you know, you've proven yourself to be selfless and uh, trustworthy and a good Boy, I will grant you the wish. I will make you into a real boy. And she does. And, of course, there's much rejoicing. Now, I run through all of that because I want to remind you as the listener as to what is going on in this story and why it's significant to the conclusion that I have coming to with my own analysis of Pinocchio and, and why it has really, I would say, rekindled my interest again after so many years because, yes, I've heard analysis of, of Pinocchio and how there's this desire to save one's father. And uh, there are all the moral dilemmas I talked about that I kind of ran through there, uh, you know, rather quickly during the plot of this film. But where I'm at now in my life with, with small children and, uh, you know, my wife and I looking over them, having three of our own and, and one more that we're looking to, uh, to adopt it almost feels like this movie has this undertone of adoption. It really does. And that's what I wanted to, to really kind of just unpack or even mention here at the end of this uh, podcast is that if you look at from beginning to end, I mean, Geppetto, like I said, he's a bachelor, okay? He doesn't have a family that he calls his own. He wishes he had a, a son. So he makes one. He makeshifts a, a marionette as if this could be his son. And of course, his wish is granted because it's Disney and everything. But, but the fact of the matter is that Pinocchio consistently makes the wrong choices. You know, he goes off on his own, and we start to explore sort of the dangerous underbelly of human nature. We start to see that people will be selfish; they'll try to 
you know, uh, take advantage of, of people who don't know any better. Even though Jiminy Cricket serves as his conscience, uh, he still has the ability to go against his conscience, Pinocchio we're speaking of, and he just winds up in, in big trouble. And many of the times he's in big trouble is because he doesn't have his dad with him. He doesn't have someone over top of him protecting him from these things. Now, granted, that's the point of the story is that, you know, he's, he's wrestling with his conscience, which is Jiminy Cricket. He's wrestling with the right thing to do, and we get to see that play out. But in the end, he returns to his father, who is mourning over the loss of his son, and they're able to escape together. And then finally he gets to, you know, he gets to be called a real boy. Uh, and Geppetto, of course, is over the moon for this. And he just says, you know, you are a real boy. And this calls for a celebration. And we're going to sing and dance, all this kind of stuff. Pinocchio's an orphan. Okay, he's not, you know, he's not blood and bones and uh, boy, you know, flesh, uh, flesh and blood of Geppetto. You know, he's, he would be technically an orphan. You know, if you were to take a DNA test of Geppetto and Pinocchio at this particular day, people would go, well, that's not really Geppetto's naturally born son. It's somebody else's. I mean, you know, maybe his blood type is like oak, you know, or something like that. I don't know. Uh, probably a poor joke, and I'm, I, I won't have the guts to edit it out later, so we'll just keep rolling. But anyway, the point, the point is Pinocchio's an orphan. You know, he wasn't born naturally, at least in the sense of, you know, he knew his mom or knew his real dad, but this is his father. This is the one he calls his dad, and he's old enough to understand that. And without his father, without Geppetto having a willingness to call him his own, he would have been in the thralls of the world over and over and over again as an orphan. I mean, that's literally the life that he leads throughout much of the story. I mean, he he is conned by Honest John and Gideon the Cat when they take him to Stromboli, and he's sold into and basically into servitude to be this marionette that just makes Stromboli money. Uh, and then there's the even more uh, ghastly fate that would have befallen him if he would have continued to stay on Pleasure Island and turned into a donkey. He would have never been heard of from again. He would have never been able to get back to his dad. His dad would have never known what would have happened to him. And to me, that's the really grisly part of it is that that's, that is the fate of so many orphans. You know, that is the fate of so many... Uh, not just boys, but girls around the world who don't have families. They don't have a father or a mother overseeing them that can protect them from these things. Now, yes, of course, kids are going to make their own choices. You know, people are going to make their own choices as they get older. But at these pivotal years where there is this innocence and where there is this, this eyes wide open, uh, you know, way of looking at the world like Pinocchio has, because he don't know any better, he needs that. He needs someone protecting him from the ways of the world. He needs someone to say, look, not just say this is bad, but also be there and say this is bad and this is good. You know, do not do that. You know, you don't want to get too far from dad or you don't want to go too far over there from dad or I'll go with you even. If you want to adventure over there, I'll go with you, son. I will, I will, I will actually venture with you so you don't have to do this alone. And that really, like I said, that really spoke to me. I mean, I, granted, my wife and I are in the, in the midst of adopting ourselves, uh, and maybe that's the whole reason why my eyes were open a little bit to this, but the story feels like an orphan lost or who was, who was sought after and finally gets to find a place to call home. I mean, after all the trials and tribulations of what the world wants to just take him under, uh, Geppetto takes him in and calls him his own and says, you know, you are a real boy. You are my son. 
and what an amazing feeling that would be. Uh, now, granted, I, you know, granted for my sake, uh, I've been extremely fortunate to have both of my birth parents around me, you know, f as long as I can remember. But I know so many other people that aren't like that. You know, they, they grew up with one parent, or maybe they grew up as an adopted child, uh, and their parents, their adopted parents, can be great. But there's still that sense of loss of, well, who are my real parents? Where did I come from? Why was I made? And then forgotten about in some sense. Uh, but still, there were people out there. And this is the, again, for me, this is the silver lining, is still there were people out there, a father and a mother, in most cases, as, as I would assume a, a couple would, would adopt, that wanted me and they called me their own. They were willing to come and love me, even if my parents couldn't do it or my mom couldn't do it. Uh, they gave me life. My mother gave me life. My father gave me life. And then my adoptive mom and dad who have taken me in to love me. Uh, what, a, what a beautiful story that is in the story of adoption. Now, of course, I'm saying this all wide-eyed now because I haven't gone through the process completely yet. Uh, but the thought of it and the vision for it, uh, the horizon that my wife and I are headed towards, has me excited about that. So, uh, again, maybe that's kind of what spawned this whole episode here with Pinocchio. But uh, to me, that's where I'm at right now in terms of interpreting one of these you know age-old classics from from Disney. So, anyway, that is my my analysis on Pinocchio and the world of adoption and the story of this orphan who gets to have a home finally at the end of the story. So hope you enjoyed this. Uh, as always, leave a comment or send me a note if you liked the episode or you thought it was total garbage. I accept both criticism and uh, incredible, incredible compliments. So uh, just keep them coming my way. I appreciate it as always. Uh, this is JCL Felto for The Writer's Life.